Broken crayons. Broken crayons. Broken crayons still color. This is the Broken Crayons Still Color Podcast with your host, Shelly Hitz. Each episode contains an inspiring story of hope and healing in Christ. Many times, what we see as our biggest regrets, failures, and mistakes become what God uses the most in our lives. God is able to transform our brokenness into something more beautiful than we can even imagine. He takes our mess and creates a masterpiece. You see, Broken Crayons Still Color. Welcome back to the Broken Crayon Still Color Podcast. I'm your host, Shelly Hitz, and today's guest is Sarah Bragg. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, thanks for having me. So excited. And I'm just going to share just a little bit about you as we get started, and then we'll, we'll dive in. Sarah has waged a battle that I know many of you can relate to, a battle with her body image. And the reason I know a lot of you struggle with this is because I've spoken all over the country to, you know, many women's and teen girls, you know, groups and events. And it's an, it's a topic I've shared and over and over and over and over, I've seen it be such a huge issue. So I'm glad that she's going to be talking about it today, but she battled an eating and exercise obsession for more than a decade before learning how to be content with who God made her to be. She wrote a book called Body Beauty Boys, The Truth About Girls and How We See Ourselves, and she will share her story in today's episode. So Sarah, just starting off, what did the broken crayons in your life look like? You know, I was coloring with my girls the other day. I have two girls, they're first and third graders. So we sat in their room and we were coloring. And I was thinking about this interview because my girls always break the crayons. Aww. So <laughs> they always break them and they still color them. So we, this is so true that, you know, broken crayons still color. Um, and as I thought about it, I was looking at the, the pack of crayons and I was thinking, okay, like for me in my past, what, what was in that little box of, you know, Crayola crayons for me? What was in that box? And I think for most of my adolescence, that crayon was a crayon of insecurity. Mm. And I just really let that define me and shade me and color in all that I was. Um, it, It really was just this kind of crayon of not being enough. And you know, and I, and I remember for the the very first time that I ever realized that I wasn't enough, uh, I was in fourth grade. And, you know, my daughter, my oldest, is about to be in fourth grade. So it's very strange even looking back on my life and remembering that little fourth grade girl and, you know, remembering in her brain what happened and thinking in context with my own daughter. But yeah. I, went to this, I went to this pool party. It was a birthday party and I was new in town and I got invited and I went to this party and, you know, just being the new girl in town is hard enough. And, you know, girls, we can all be so mean. And I remember just being in the pool, but being separated, there was kind of the group of girls and they, they were kind of, um, inclusive, you know, they were exclusive in who they were. And so I was just kind of off on my own, um, on the other side of the pool playing with a float. It was one of those you know, like the rings that go around your waist with like an animal yeah. head. And so I was just messing with this float and then all of a sudden it popped. Oh no. And this one girl turned around. He was kind of, you know, we all know them, the ringleader of the group. Right. And she just said, Sarah is so fat. She popped. <gasps> the float. Oh no. Yeah, so it was just this moment. 
I mean, until then, I never thought I was imperfect. Not that I thought I was some perfect being, but I just didn't notice it. You know, like I wasn't walking around looking in the mirror. I wasn't looking at my body and comparing to other people. I just, I was just a kid, you know, kids are kids and I I wasn't thinking about it. But in that moment, I had Mm. the sudden realization that I had an imperfect body. Wow. And so to, from that point forward, you know, I didn't want to be laughed at again. I didn't want to be, you know, shunned again or left out. And so from that point forward, I knew something had to be done in order to be accepted to be valued, to be loved. And so for me, that really shaped and colored the thinking about myself. It shaped yes. my identity and it shaped my worth from, from that point forward. Yeah, I remember one of my friends, her daughter, when she was four years old, I think um, she started to say in the bathtub, my thighs are fat, mommy. And she's like, where did you hear that? And there was another friend of hers that was talking in that way and was influencing her at four years old. And But we can have those moments that are defining moments. And what would you say was your lowest point in the whole area of body image and as you had an eating and exercise obsession, where where, where would you say was the lowest point? Yeah, you know, I, I feel like I can look back and see a lot of different low points that choices I made that weren't wise, um, whether it was relationship choices or just um, choices about myself that weren't wise just because of that struggle. But I think probably one of the lowest was just in college, I remember this was like senior year of college. So at this point, you think you know, this happened when I was in fourth grade is what started this trajectory of my life. And so here I am, you know, 20 years old, senior in college, and it's supposed to be the greatest time of my life. Yet I just found myself so chained to my image. Mm. You know, I would I would wake up in the morning and rather than thinking about what classes I had or what friends I would hang out with, I was just thinking and consumed about what I was going to eat and how much I could exercise to burn off whatever I did eat. And so I think that one of the lowest points I remember studying in Denny's, I don't know if you have Denny's, they're everywhere, right? Um, (laughs) And so I was studying in this Denny's with some friends and we all got like dessert, like a piece of pie. And I remember I I actually found myself in the bathroom, forcing myself to throw up in a Denny's. And you're thinking, oh, all of this, like, me as an adult now, I'm like, oh, if I have, you know, I don't even want to use the bathroom in a public place. Like, it's just like, you know, and all these things. But that was just such a low point of going, I can't even enjoy um, just a simple dessert with friends mm. while we're studying. I have to be so consumed that I wow. would go to this dirty bathroom, you know? So that was a pretty low point, I think, for me. Yeah. And I know your story is, you know, so there's so much to it. But what would you say was the turning point for you in all of this? You know, even before I graduated college, it was that senior year when I really started to just get tired, you know, like I knew that something had to change. I I, I knew deep down that this wasn't the way that God wanted me to live. I knew that this wasn't the abundant life that he promised, that it could not be like the thought of going, gosh, I could be 40 and still waking up thinking this way like that. That just can't be right. And so I began to take steps towards changing my thinking. I can remember being on my college dorm room and just saying, I I just, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And so 
I just started kind of wrestling with, with what would that look like to be different and what would that look like to think differently? And so I had a mentor at the time and um, she kind of just walked me through just everything in life. You know, she was a young married woman and she young mom and all those things that you kind of want, want to say, okay, how do I do this? I'm just going to watch you do these things. So I remember that first year out of college sitting with her and talking about my obsession and talking about, you know, how I was struggling. And she just finally looked at me and she said, for the sake of your future children, you need to stop. Wow. And there was just something about, I had never considered anyone outside of myself because when you struggle with that, it's a very selfish struggle. You're not thinking about what you can do for the kingdom. You're not thinking about someone else. You're thinking about yourself. And so there was something about considering my future children that really resonated with me. Um, I didn't want them to, to feel the same way that I felt. I wanted them to be free to be who God created them to be. And I knew that if I wanted them to be free, then I had to figure out how to be free. And so I had to start figuring out how to model that. And so that really was the turning point for me. Yeah, yeah, I could, could see how that would be motivating. Now, you know, there's people listening that are probably at all different places in their lives. Some of them may be struggling with something like that right now, or they know someone that is struggling with this type of issue, body image, whether it's an eating disorder or like you said, the exercise obsession and just being obsessed with this. What kind of um, advice or encouragement would you give our listeners today? You know, I think um, it, my, my piece of advice is the same piece of advice that I give myself like every day. You know, it's one of those things that, yes, I feel like I have found freedom. I'm no longer obsessed and, um, but I still struggle. You know, I'm still, it's still one of those thorns in my flesh that turn me to the Lord. And it's one of those things that I don't feel like I will be fully free. I am free, but you know what I mean? Like when you're in heaven and you have that glorified body and you are no longer, you know, have your human nature in you, but it's to, that it takes some is to learn this way is to, to change your thinking takes practice. And so I would say that to learn to see yourself the way that God sees you. That's what my encouragement would be to, to not go, okay, I'm looking for a quick fix. I'm looking for an overnight result, but to go, I am going to learn to see myself the way God sees me. And that takes time and that takes practice. You know, Philippians 4.11 says, not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. Mm. And I think, you know, I had to learn how to be content to be me. You know, he made me exactly the way I am on purpose for a purpose. He made no mistake. So, you know, the fact that I'm 5'2 or that, you know, my hips are this way or my nose, whatever it is that we tend to look at and go, oh, he made it on purpose. Like, and, you know, he made us fearfully and wonderfully unique. Um, And so another, the verse that I really started clinging to that, I think we practice these verses. We practice the Psalm 139. We practice Colossians 3.12 that talks about how you are chosen, holy, and beloved. Those are all identity statements that we have to just kind of retrain our mind um, and just kind of relearn and replace the lies that we tend to believe with this new truth, you know, that we had to, I had to practice that because of Jesus, I am accepted, I am made holy, and I am dearly loved. Mm-hmm. And that is the same for all of us. So, so I would encourage everyone to just practice being content to be you. And sometimes mm-hmm. that practice looks like being thankful, you know, just writing down three things 
today that I'm thankful for about my body. Like I was doing a little short workout this morning. It's like 10 minutes long. And, and I, and I was like, okay, God, I'm thank you for giving me strong legs. Thank yeah. you for giving me a body that can move. Thank you. Like, whereas I, I would like to look in the mirror and go, oh, it's swimsuit season. I do not even want to go there. But I'm going to change the way that I think about myself. And that comes through practicing gratitude and practicing putting truth in our hearts and practice today walking as if I am someone who is loved and made holy and accepted. Because mm. I think, I just think, what would your life be like if you decided to live like you were loved today? and lived like you were accepted and lived like you were holy what what difference would it make in the life your own life and the life of others yes yeah, so good and you know i think identity is so key no matter what we're struggling with actually i was praying about it and i asked god for 2017 what my theme or word of the year would be and he gave me that word identity mm -hmm. and i've known this for years and years i've been a christian for almost 25 years but it's like it's something we always have to come back to because it's such a core issue. So I'm so glad that you talked about that. And where can listeners find more about you or your book if they want to know more or connect with you further? Yeah, they can find me over at survivingsarah.com. That's S-A-R-A-H. So survivingsarah.com. And you can actually purchase my book through the website. Um, I have a podcast that comes out weekly on Tuesdays called Surviving Sarah and just is a, is a show that is created just to inspire and encourage and entertain women to just kind of survive in the very life that they have. I love that. Definitely check out her podcast. I remember my cousin, Amy, was interviewed on your podcast recently, and I found your podcast. I was like, oh, that's so amazing. Uh, what a what small you're world. Doing. I know. <laughs> and so definitely check out her podcast. Go to her website. And thank you so much for sharing your story. Again, it's just another example of how God can turn our messes into masterpieces. And now he's using you in so many ways <laughs> to help exactly. others to be able to break free in Jesus, you know, power and in the truth of his word. But how amazing. So thank you so much for all you do. And thank you for sharing your story today. Thank you so much, Shelly. And I just thank each one of you for joining us again today. If you or someone you know has a powerful story to share, I would love to have you on the podcast. Simply apply on my website at shellyhits.com forward slash story, and I would love to connect with you. So thank you again for joining us today, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Broken Crayons Still Color Podcast. We have a gift for you. Download Shelly's hand-drawn adult coloring pages, as well as printable scripture cards, and all the transcripts from this podcast at www.brokencrayonsbook.com. If today's story inspired you, please share it with a friend and leave us a comment on iTunes. We love hearing from you and your encouragement means the world to us. In closing, God is the artist and our lives are his canvas. What will you allow him to create from the broken pieces in your life? When you are in Christ, you are his masterpiece. I am a masterpiece. I am a masterpiece.